0: Good evening and you're very welcome back to another episode of the Women's National League podcast here on FinalWhistle.ie. I'm Brett early and with me as always Aaron Clark. Aaron very welcome to another week on the show.
1: Looking forward to it, looking forward to another another interesting couple of weeks especially off the back of last week's results and what's to come this weekend. I think uh, we sort of had a little bit of a chat last week about what we think might happen and I, th- I think the week that we've had, the weekend we've had it's, it's going to be interesting to, to digest it and and look, I look, because I don't think anybody's going to be able to call this women's national league now the way things are going.
0: No, I did put my money where my mouth last week, and I said, if I don't win, my favorites to win the league. I'm still sticking to that, but only just there's so many different possible permutations over the next couple of weeks with plenty to talk about on tonight's show. Of course, we're also going to talk about the news that Galway and I have come out with a statement today to say they are 100%. Uh, putting teams into the wnl next year at all levels 17s 19s and of course senior uh football keeping football ladies football women's football in the city of the tribes and uh, the west for the foreseeable future which is fantastic news we're going to be joined by uh, the captain of the current galway women's fc side julianne russell who's gonna maybe tell us a bit about how their season is going but also this exciting new news for the, the club and for the sport in the region so Look forward to having her on in about fifteen minutes or so. But first, uh, we'll also maybe chat to her about what's coming up next week. We don't know who the opponents are yet. We don't even know what venue we have yet. Aaron, I know you have two flights booked. You've got ba- you've got bags packed. You've got the snow stuff for Austria. You've got well, probably the snow stuff for Scotland as well. Um, it's going to be a, a busy, busy couple of weeks for everybody involved in, in women's football over the next haven't, week. I haven't haven't got a thing packed
1: yet. Haven't even got a suitcase out. But I was just having a nosy today, being curious, and I was like. Ryanair flights to Austria next Monday, next Sunday or Monday or So sold out. Airling are going through the roof. Scotland is cheap enough for people, but yeah, I've flights booked the boat. Looking forward to tomorrow evening to seeing where we're gonna go. I don't really care to be honest at this stage. I just I just
0: wanna I just wanna
1: know. Um, you, Austria, um
0: have you uh, are you gonna sicken people and tell them what you got the flights for?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think for myself for myself and Andy Photography we paid hundred quid in total for both Austria and Glasgow return for the two of us, so 50 quid each return to both countries when we booked it. I think you can't go wrong now, and glad we booked it there because I wouldn't want to be paying through the nose last minute, which we probably would have otherwise.
0: Yeah, I think you're going to be... Uh, you you missed your call as a travel agent. It's about 20 years too late, but nonetheless. Uh, where do we start? We might as well start with last week's games, and of course, we have to start with lone Wexford. They had hinted at it the previous week. They beat Wexford um, in the Cup... Uh, Probably a little bit against the run of play. I know I'll get in trouble for saying that, but uh, or not against the run of play, but against the run of form. The manner of it. Yeah, exactly. The trinal results, but last weekend they really opened this league wide open, and it's it's been great watching just the buzz around the league. But let's go back to the game itself. Um, where do you stop talking about loan at the moment? You
1: just can't, and I think Madison Gibson's Madison Gibson's the name on everybody's everybody's mouth now. Probably if she had come in a couple of months earlier, she, she'd probably be in the Running for the Player of the Year award. Probably just the fact she came in mid-season didn't help her, but she's been absolutely superb. Took a lot of the pressure off the likes of Emily Corbett. And the thing about them is, we, we said last week, is they backed up a result against one of the big teams for the first time. And then to go and do it again, which was the even more impressive thing, the fact that they just don't look face. I know Tommy Hewitt and TG Carr are doing what he's supposed to do by saying, Listen, we're not in a title. We're not necessarily in a title race. Doing what he has to do, but you can just see the buzz, the momentum, everything around the group, around the players, and like realistically, we everybody everybody is starting to talk about at long for the potential double and with performances that they just keep pulling off. Like you're right at times, with what you've said over the season, it's not always pretty, and some people may not like it, but it's extremely effective what they do, and their ability to grind teams down at times as well is something that that they have to get a lot of credit for. And I think what they've done against Wexford, Wexford would have been looking for a response and for Stephen Quinn's side they'd have been they'd have been thinking Shelburne get the lake get the late goal in the early game pressures back on them and they just couldn't really deliver. And I think it's 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 a tough one it's a tough one on Wexford because they hadn't lost that long before the last two weeks and they all of a sudden they lost back to back big games and some doubt are probably gonna creep in. Will doubts creep in there as well? The big the big players, the likes of Ian Nicholas and it's Kylie Murphy's, Keir Roster's, Adele Kennedy's will have to roll around that group, whereas for Atlone, it's just a fear it's a fearless group of players who who see no boundaries anymore.
0: Absolutely. And I suppose even when uh, Wexford went up one up from the penalty spot early on in the first ten minutes, saving uh, Clancy from the back of the net, uh, you're kind of worried for maybe maybe this is the moment when Atlone crumble, but we just saw them pick themselves up and, and keep going and and score one of what was a lot of last kind of 10-minute goals uh, to win that with K- Gillian Keenan. Um, but just that that kind of persistence and resilience they have been really, really dominant all, all season in games. And physically, they dominate games. But to actually make a count on the score sheet, we're seeing this time for the first time, really, in the three years they've been in the league,
1: yeah, well, the thing is, for many years, those was Wexford dominating these sort of games physically as well. And the biggest thing that I like about Athlone is they just keep going until the very end. They're not re- they're not happy just to settle for a, a one-all draw against Wexford. They continue, they continue and try to push and push and push till that last minute. And they got their reward on, on Saturday with the Gillian Keenan header. And I thought, from their point from their point of view, the way they just continued to push it on, I, I like the way Tommy Hewitt used his bench as well. And, it's, it's now a case that they're not necessarily just 11. They've got the best 11 players on the pitch. Emily Corbett didn't even start the game. Shows he, he, he can afford to make some some sort of change and I think they're just willing to put the sacrifice absolutely everything for him. It reminds me of watching some underage teams in previous years gone by under Dave Connell where he used to use a, a thing where the players would run themselves into the ground. He'd take them off. he put three fresh players on and that sort of reminds me a lot a bit of a about Athlone that's They'll go until they have no more. Then they'll bring on someone else, and that next person will go again.
0: Absolutely. Well, listen, you mentioned the Shells game. Let's jump to that one next. Um, Cork, first goal, uh, first minute, first goal. Becky Caston put the 1-0 up. Uh, she also managed to put in the other net not that long later, uh, just before the halftime interval, but it was a, a late strike from Megan Smith-Lynch. She saw them take all three points in that one. And, as you said, keep the pressure on Wexford. Shells. They needed a win. It's been a while, and and they've looked fallible over the last couple of weeks. So from their point of view, they'll be happy just to get a win, even if it's not the most convincing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But a bit of contentiousness about the cork penalty for the fact that there was a bit of arguments over. the can't remember. I think it was. Uh, I think it was Christina Dream that was fouled. But she'd been off, in, off injured, and hadn't actually left the field of play after receiving treatment, and the Shelves players were a little bit displeased, obviously being fouled. Then for the penalty, the referee sort of said he made the mistake in, in not sending the player off the pitch after getting the treatment. pool no doubt, it was a clear pound. It was a clear penalty all day, and Becky Casson put it into the top corner, probably before that. Cork should have should have scored. Um, I think the minutes wrong. It was it was slightly late in the first minute, and um, they, they actually hit the crossbar in the first couple of minutes as well, and they they had all their chances when they go in one all at halftime, they're probably extremely disappointed. It was just a corner that wasn't cleared. Come to Becky Castle in the back post, she probably thought she had to play it straight away, maybe had a little bit more time, a bit more communication from her, her defence and goalkeeper. She could have potentially got rid of it. into the, She tried to just get rid of it, but it, but it just skewed off the foot. And in terms of the second half, I thought the one thing about Cork, uh, compared to earlier in the season with Danny Murphy, is that, they continued to push, they continued to try, they continue to do things maybe that they weren't able to do earlier in the season. And it was a much, much improved Cork side. I think for Shelburne, Megan Smith Lynch coming off the bench three minutes before three minutes to go. And she 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 thinks the ball over to keeper set about 25, 30 yards out it one of them audacious things that Megan Megan will try when, when she's given that little bit of space and if you, if you have to say anything, it's probably another one of the get-out-jail-free cards for Shelburne. The only question you'd have to ask is how many are they going to get away with this season? Because they've had quite a few this year, and from, from their point of view, they just needed to stop, to stop the rot. I think the Bowers' win the week before was, was good that in the, in the Cup, that it gave them a little opportunity to break away from the league after the pressure of the two defeats. And with that win, closing the gap to extra dutes, they'll just be happy to walk away with three points because they probably didn't deserve them.
0: We'll hear from both managers after that game later in the programme, but uh, maybe let's go west, out to Galway, where uh, Galway hosted DLR. Uh, the game went ebbed and flowed, Galway were in the lead, DLR were in the lead, back level and DLR sealed it later on. Um, we're going to hear from Julianne very, very shortly in terms of her her thoughts on the game, but uh, before we do, what were your thoughts on, on this performance? Is it the kind of performance we've been missing from DLR for, in recent months?
1: patches of patches of are good and the patches of our aren't so aren't so good i think the last goal in particular i think whatever burley does is, is is very very good the fact that she had the audacious and the confidence to actually bring it so narrow before trying to loop the ball over into the net i thought was was showed a, a player on form for dealer waves it was a, it was a good win but for Cor- for galway it's it's one of them that it's the last couple of weeks haven't been great that they've since the announcement with what's gone on, they just haven't been able to get that that going on the pitch. I think Alan Murphy and even Julian be a little bit disappointed with that, that they haven't got that form because they're now starting to allow DLR and allow Bowers to reel them back in. And they could see themselves sliding down the league table unless they get a couple of results in their last couple of games. Interesting enough, they've have, they have a potential to to throw one or two banana six games into the into the final mix for the league title. And I think you seen when they had when they done that last year against P They'll, they'll be looking to do that again. I think from a Galway point of view, they'll just want to see the season out at this stage. Just try try finish with as many wins as possible in the last three games. And hopefully
0: with a fresh start next season under a new Galway United banner. Um, we might as well bring Julianne in at this point. Uh, Julianne, you're very, very welcome to the programme.
2: Thanks William million, Bethany. Good to be here.
0: Well, let's maybe start, first of all, before we get on to, the, actually, let's start with the big news because it's 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 pretty vital for the future of the game in the West. And we've seen so many um, key players for Ireland come through there over the last 10, 15 years, since the, the, the birth of Galway, maybe even back as far as that uh, fantastic run in the, the FAI Cup and, and playing in the champion, oh, Precursor of the Champions League back in, I believe it was 07, I'm going to say, or 08, I'm not sure you might correct me on that. But um, we've seen so many players come through. Yourself, Nif Fahi, Maeve de Burka, and so many more through the underage ranks and now breaking into the senior side. Um, Heather Payne, another one. And, and it's important to have that option for girls in that region. How important was today's announcement?
2: Yeah, um, look, it was so important for, for going, I United to come and back us. Um, as you mentioned, there's so much talent that have, have come out of the West and out of Galway in particular. And we can see in the underage teams that there's so much talent um, that that's still here. So, yeah, I think it's just vital that we have a club in Galway and um, under Galway United. I think it's really good to to be seeing this across the league with all the different clubs like Sligo Rovers, Shells, At Treaty, just to name a few, to have that joint um, men's and women's side is just vital to progress um, football in Ireland.
1: 2 pronged question on this one. Were you ever worried you wouldn't get one in Galway, uh, a team next year in Galway? And what's the last couple of weeks been like for you players?
2: Uh, to be totally honest, I I wasn't worried. I, I knew that... Um, with the amount of talent that's here and with the drive of women's sport in general, um, that, that we, someone will come in and, and, um, kind of save the day, I suppose. So, um, yeah, I, I was kind of quite, um, positive that, that Go United would come in and I think it's good for them as a club. Um, and also if they have, um, they obviously have the ambition to to go into the premier division as well and um to have the women's side within the club is is really good for them um and then i suppose to answer your second question um yeah the last couple of weeks i suppose um in terms of our results i haven't uh, been looking good haven't gone our way um don't want to say that the stuff that was going on in the background affected our performances because like it shouldn't, but potentially it might have been in some people's minds. But um, at the end of the day, I just think it, it wasn't good enough by us, the players, for some of the performances and some of the sloppy goals that we gave away.
0: Julian, in terms of, I suppose, uh, what Galway United coming into the, the sport or the, to the women's section of the sport, at least next year, on a practical level, is it still going to be... Um, the same kind of setup in terms of you're still going to play at MDC Park, or or what do you know at this point about what it's going to look like next year compared to how it looks at the moment?
2: To be totally honest, uh, we don't have full details on on what it's going to look like in the future. I imagine we'll be playing in Eamon DC Park because that's where the men play. That's where we have been playing the last couple of years as well. So I imagine the stadium will, will stay the same, but from an um, operational point of view, we don't have kind of full visibility into that yet.
1: And just even in terms of... It's a it's a slightly different fan base as well because we've seen when Bose come into, the likes of Bows come into the league, their men's supporters get behind, and we've seen with, with Shells as well, the ultra behind, they go... Are you hoping that, that the whole of Galway will roll in behind this project?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think look, going United um the men's team have a really good fan base. And um I think if we can leverage their kind of um what they're doing into the women's game, it'll definitely help. And I think as I mentioned earlier, women's sport is, is growing um and like media and attention is getting really big. So I think if we can and um, just keep growing on, on what's there. Um, it'll be really good for the club and for Galway um, in general for women's football.
0: Obviously, this has kind of gone on a different tangent than we might have done. We actually had you confirmed on the show before the, the statement came out. So it's kind of fortuitous in some respects uh, that we have you this evening. But in, in terms of, I suppose, your own point of view over the next couple of, of, of weeks and uh, to the end of the season, like, um, you talked about the kind of re- relatively poor form by your own standards. You do have that chance to throw banana skin into a couple of uh, league challengers. You did it last year. Can we see a repeat of that this year?
2: Yeah. Look, like every game, like or as a team, and for me personally, I want to win. Um, hate losing. So yeah, for the next three games, I just want to win every game. And look, if if we're gonna um cause a bit, bit of havoc for. The rest of the teams and their um, chances of win the league. So weish. So yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. I,
1: I love I love that because I think I think the fact of I, I always refer back to the last year to the P Mount game and uh, Stephen Lally's team selection that day because the under nineteen are playing the next day in the final. But he still gave the league. So much respect. And for what happened on that night, like you look at you look at what happened then. Talk to us a little bit from an opposition point of view about playing in a game where. You see the league trophy leave in one ground to go to another ground because of the impact you guys have had
2: yeah um it was madness i i think that will go down in history and it was spoke about about so much last season and obviously at the start of the season and it continues to be um it i suppose we had nothing to lose going into the last game um last season and we just wanted to kind of show or ability and i suppose it was being shown live on tg car as well so it was great for the players to be able to show their ability to um like people in ireland and everyone else watching so yeah it was it was just madness um i suppose the way it all played out we were two nil down and we came back and ended up winning five two You probably wouldn't see that anywhere um uh, but yeah it was it was a special to to be part of it that day and um yeah, hopefully we can do something again this year in the last couple of
0: games. Yeah, the fixtures' computer had a bit of a sick sense of humour putting me against p in the last day again <laughs> this season. I think they were looking for uh, lightning to strike twice, and who knows, maybe it will in a couple of weeks. Uh, plenty of road between now and then before we find out exactly how that plan's Briefly
1: don't forget, Athlone won't be hoping. Athlone will be hoping they, they don't do, uh, do favours
0: either because they've Athlone as well. There, there is that case, but I'm talking about specifically repeating last year's one. In in terms, obviously, from a family point of view, um, I don't know if it matters to you whether it's Galway WFC or Galway United on the on the badge per se, but I suppose given the fact obviously, we, the last time we had John, we talked a little bit about it, your brother John, who's a former Galway United player as well as Sligo Rovers and St. Pat's. Currently, of course, uh, he's in the dugout in, show, in the showgrounds. I hope he's not there right now, but he's there <laughs> in his job on a day-to-day basis. Um What's it like to kind of get that option, uh, that opportunity maybe to to wear the same badges as John? Because you've probably never played for the same club before.
2: Yeah, no, um, it'll be really cool. Um, I, the only club we did play for was Saltil Devon, um, was our, both our underage club growing up. Um, so, yeah. Big shout out to, to Saltil Devon. Um, but yeah, it'll be, I think, like growing up and going into Terryland when I was younger and the Friday nights watching John, like obviously there was no women's team, but like I always kind of would wanted to play for Galway. And then I suppose when I was away and had to play in Dublin with work and college, etc. And then when I came back from Australia to have the opportunity to play in Galway, Although it wasn't going United, it was still um really special. So yeah, I think it's it's really cool to um that Goa United now have come in and um we have that opportunity now to to play under the banner.
1: Was there ever any itching clubs even coming looking to say, would you come back to Dublin again? Because you seem to be quite settled in Galway now. You seem to be quite everything's falling right into place for you now with football and then with working.
2: Yeah yeah look I'm really enjoying um my football with Galway at the moment like I've really enjoyed the season um like the new management that have come in have done a phenomenal job I think in terms of results and stats and everything that's happened this season it's although in terms of the league um position we're in in terms of like uh the amount of games we've won, the amount of goals we've scored and um, conceded, etc. has been the best um, ever on record for, for Galway. So, like, the potential is there. Um, as I mentioned, yeah, i really enjoying my football at the moment. And uh, my my family are in Galway. Um, I'm building a house here at the moment. So, yeah, Galway is, is, is my home for the foreseeable future.
0: Because uh, I'm sure Pimant were onto you, given the history of the club before <laughs> knowing James O'Callaghan as I do. I'm sure, yeah, he had your phone blown up for at least a month when he knew you were coming back before he even came home. I'd imagine.
2: Ah, uh, yeah, no, Pimant. Um, obviously we're a great club, and I've a lot of friends there, and um, yeah, like I've ha- had great experiences there and ha- won a lot. So, um, yeah, th- Pimant will always have have a place. Um. Kind of in my heart for for what I I've uh, achieved there, but yeah, no. At the moment, it's definitely going.
1: What's it like being one of the the more experienced in the dressing room, and you see all the the younger age, underage internationals coming through, and you know you were once one of them where when the league was just setting out, but now being one of the more experienced and getting to help guide the next generation.
2: Yeah, it's mad. I still think I'm young, but I'm not. <laughs>
1: but yeah, yeah
2: very, the t- see the talent to <laughs> see the talent um coming through is amazing like some of the girls are phenomenal and they're so so young like uh, the likes of Kate Thompson she's only 17 like she's slotted into the or senior team like it's such ease she's um just so confident so much skill so much talent i think she's a massive future ahead. um Other players then have just gone over the 19s, but I think have a massive career ahead of them is um, Shauna Brennan. Um, I think she's had a really great season and she's, yeah, just so much talent and has a really strong career ahead
0: of her. That's always the danger when you start naming names, it's the one you don't know. I (laughs) know. Before we we kind of talk about international squads and stuff like that, um, obviously this weekend, Ireland out against, we don't know yet. Austria, Scotland, weight in the playoff. Uh, have you seen much of the games? I know you've been in kind of in and around selection, or, or is that something that's part of your life anymore? Is Ireland still a thing for you?
2: Yeah, I suppose I've been going to the home base trainings, and I've um, like I'm currently on standby for for the um, for the game. But I suppose uh, yeah, no, for the last kind of year and a bit, unfortunately, I haven't been able to make those squads. Um, but like, obviously, I'm such good friends with the girls and all I want is the best for, for them and for women's football in Ireland. So um I'll be their biggest supporter.
1: What's it like watching on? Because I know you're you're in with us in the media in Gothenburg for the Sweden game. How do you find watching on in these sort of games?
2: Yeah, my I'd be nervous wreck watching them. <laughs> um and obviously yeah, you just want to be out playing and like doing your part to to get the team to win. So um yeah, I, I I'm nervous watching is is the main thing
0: still hoping to qualify for the World Cup and maybe even make that squad yourself next year? Is that still yeah,
2: yeah? Obviously, like it would be unbelievable um, to especially go back to Australia as well. Um, I've so much friends over there, the friendships I built over the four years I was there. It'd be amazing to to go back and play in a World Cup there. Um, so I think first thing is first is the team to qualify, and we, we'll talk about that later then.
0: Obviously, you've, that. You, you've experienced uh, kind of that uh, World Cup-style uh, thing with uh, the World University Games in the past. So that's probably the closest most Irish footballers get to World Cups these days. Um, those haven't been in that environment for that kind of two- or three-week camp where you're playing games every couple of days. Does that make it kind of more real and more kind of something that you'd be acclimatised to if that was to happen?
2: Yeah, I... I it's actually a very good point, and I probably haven't thought about it previously before. But um, majority of of the team have played in the World Student Games, um, which you mentioned is you're you're going away for a couple of weeks, and you're like basically yeah, just living with each other and playing and training daily. And um, yeah, I think that actually is a kind of good experience for should the the team get to the World Cup. Um, obviously, the camps. Some of the camps would probably last maybe 10 to 14 days. Um, but yeah, the, the World Student Games would definitely kind of um, be quite similar to that of, the, of a World Cup setting.
1: Who do you want in the playoff?
2: I don't really care, to be honest. <laughs> I think, like, look, Scotland and Austria are both quality teams. Um, like, potentially Scotland, because they we'd probably be similar to them in the, the kind of style and uh the girls would probably know a lot of the girls and playing going up against them. But look, I, I don't think it matters. Like the girls are going to be so pumped for it and just ready for for either team. Um and yeah, just made the best team win on the day.
0: Obviously mathematically before we let you go uh, we've been very generous with your time saving them, but mathematically Galway out of the contention for the top four spots at the moment. There's four teams in it three points between them, three games to go if you were a betting woman which of course you're not because you're in the league but if you were, <laughs> where would you be casting your, your, uh, your uh, coins uh, against uh, which team would you be backing to win the league? Uh,
2: it's a tough one like but I think um, if I had to, I'm not a betting woman, but if I had to, um, I would put my money on P-Mount.
1: Ooh, Inter- yeah. interesting. The one thing I will say is it's, apart from uh, even including the likes of Atla the most informed team at the moment.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think, look, they, they've had a few blips during the season. Yeah. Um, Against kind of bowls, obviously they got three points taken away from them with the sly goal mishap. Um, but in terms of performance, I think they're the most on form team, and they scored the most goals. Um, and yeah, I if I had to pick, I I think that they will um, nip it in the end.
0: I was going to go, but one other question just before you go, and that's you've played abroad, you've played in Australia, you've played in England for a brief period with Doncaster, but. What's your thought on this kind of drain of talent? Uh, we saw shells last year score goals for fun. Now it's like they can't score even when they're given the easiest opportunities in the world. Um, yeah, they've lost so much attacking talent, you know, um, over the last few mo- years or last year maybe or so. And the same with Piemont to some extent. Um, how do we continue that to, to kind of keep the, the standards high with these players moving abroad? And, and what can we do to stop them going?
2: Yeah, um, like it's great, obviously, to see the girls go and progress and like move abroad, get that experience. Um, to be honest, I think the only way to keep players is is to make the the league semi professional at le- at a minimum. Um, like when the girls are moving abroad, they're getting paid for for playing football, which they love. At the moment, people are are just playing and then working on the side or studying and just kind of scraping by. So I think look, it's gonna be a good few years for to catch up to any sort of uh same playing level as as the professional leagues abroad, but I think as a as a first step, um, kind of semi pro will have to be brought in.
0: We we'll wait for the statement tomorrow from Galway. <laughs> we just made a massive mistake, <laughs> Julianne. Listen, as always, it's a pleasure chatting to you. Thanks so much for joining us, and uh, I'm sure we'll be chatting to you. And you never know, maybe another banana skin, another worldly in the last game of the season might just deprive your uh, your little bit of your heart uh, from winning the league title. James O'Callaghan, be praying it doesn't happen, Julianne. Thanks for
2: joining us. Thanks, William, for having me,
0: Uh Julianne. There always a pleasure to have on the show. Uh, but a great insight there into what's happening in Galway. Um, very exciting times for the club and in all seriousness, very exciting times for the club to kind of have that formal structure with the resources and the fan base and the and all of the things that comes with being involved with the men's team.
1: If it's utilised correctly, the, the potential is endless. That's the biggest thing and you'd, you'd like to hope that it, it is going to be utilised. Like we see in times where other clubs have, have merged with the men's clubs and then, the, the silly things like friend the men's club are playing a, fr- a friendly the same time a women's team are playing, things like that that sort of get people uh, people's backsides up a little bit. So I hope Galway, you know, they recognise things and what, what what's needed. And I think the biggest thing for them is probably just to build a strategic plan as to where they want to go. And, like, the biggest thing with this league is you can't approach this league by just saying, yeah, oh, yeah, we'll take over the team. You need to have your three, five-year plan because that's the only way you're going to build that. Julian is right. The talent is there. There's no doubt about it. You look at some of the players that they have, with the likes. You didn't mention the likes of Trace Canivey. who's another smashing player. Like there's multiple, multiple star. Jenna Slattery came from 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 Treaty, and it's probably been a It's been a disappointing season. they're the team. A lot of people would have said probably would have cracked the top three, but they they haven't been within 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 opportunity. And I think from them, they'll just be looking at. How how do we go about that? How do we close that gap? Yes, there's some positives with the goals they've conceded the numbers they've scored and stuff like that being up, but especially with the league being competitive as well. But I just think there's still a long way to go. I just hope they go in and approach it with a with a correct mentality. I just want to pick up on something that Julianne did say there, and she mentioned it just at the very end when she when she predicted her 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 old team, Piamo to win the league. If that three points against Sligo comes down to cost Pi the league, I can only imagine the poor. I know they, they admit the mistake themselves, but the poor person who who didn't double check that and for for the league's sake, I hope it's not decided by if, P- if Pimount aren't to win the league, it's not decided by three points.
0: Yeah, but by all accounts that check was was done, the double check was done, uh, but there was a miscommunication somewhere along the line. It's un- it's regrettable for everybody involved, but listen, that's well uh, well and truly under the bridge at this stage. We Speaking of Sliger Rovers, uh, we haven't actually talked about their game at the weekend yet. They were the second, or the last game of the weekend. They played Sunday afternoon because of the men's game um, on Saturday night. And again, that sort of stuff you talked about, the women could have comfortably played that game at 2 o'clock and the men play at 7.30, but because of that kind of thing, oh, we can't let anyone play on the pitch before the men play, but yet they're happy to let the men play on the pitch before the women. It just seems to be a bit strange, but uh, that's not specific to Sligo. That's every club in the league, but in terms of um, where they're going, they dominated that game, but just couldn't find the back of the net until the very, very end. What a strike from Cara Griffin. Uh, early on in the game, maybe eight, nine minutes into the match, just a very opportunist kind of spot of the keeper off the line, Amy Mahan really didn't have a chance when she made the the when she came out for the ball didn't make it. She was in no man's land, and what a finish from Cara Griffin! Did she mean it, or was it just a hit and hope?
1: I think she uh, she'll say she meant it. I think she did. The only I will say is I've been raving about Cara Griffin for a long time since she first burst onto the scene, seeing her as, as a young 16, 17 year seventeen-year-old when she came in for Limerick, and still shows that that ability. And I think from from a, a treaty point of view, haven't gone on last week. You could see how positive he was about them potentially getting something out of the game and, and a performance. Yes, Ligo dominated the game. Probably should be disappointed not to take the three points. But from a side who haven't taken points since the break, getting the one point you'd probably be you'd probably be frustrated that it's not more. But I think from them, they've got some difficult games to finish off the season as well. So that was their chance of probably finishing with another with another three points. Treaty, they'll just be delighted to pick up another point for the fact that it's on the second time and coincidentally the second time against Sligo. I do want to pick up on your point of the uh, the game being played on Sunday. It's the same thing with what was announced today. That's quite annoying me and frustrating me with the fact that the League of Ireland Premier Division will finish on the same night as the FAI Cup final for women, which is due to kick off at 3 o'clock and then the men's kick off at 7 o'clock. I think that's absolutely scandalous, considering that both run by the same person the, the coverage that the women's league, league will lose because the, all eyes will be on Shamrock Rovers if they win the league, or or Terry if they there's a
0: there's a big gap that game, that league could be done a a week or two earlier than that. But then again, I'm not saying it will, but it, it could be. But I take your point. Yeah, you love, that love, opportunity. The yeah.
1: journalists lobby in the journalist lobby in UCD because they'll want to get that uh that story or that celebration with that, that Stephen Bradley comment after the game, and I think for for that sort of thing, it's disappointing because. They moved their women's out of the Tala Stadium to to say that uh, out at Reaviva Stadium, to say that it wasn't it wasn't sustainable having it before the men's game with the gap in between and stuff like that. Then they gave it its own day on in in Tala the last couple of years, and now to put them fixtures, I think it's 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 poor. It's it it doesn't sit well with me. I think the fact they could have played them them League of Ireland games on the Monday night and happily finished it still gives six days until the cup final. Shelbourne Shelbourne uh, Shelbourne The likes of Tree, They wouldn't Treat Potentially If they make The playoff These far in the playoffs Could still be in it If they get successful Waterford same as well And I think from a Derry City point of view They wouldn't mind Playing that on the Monday night And then playing The cup one if they, if they make I just think it's It's poor to have them Clashing I understand they couldn't Play the Friday Because Rovers are in Europe But To put them I on the Sunday
0: I think for economic reasons Monday night's a non-runner For the final game of the season But But that's Probably not I would for another day But at the same time I think you're you're probably correct in in theory, but it's frustrating. But it's it's this, the way it's always been, and that's the one concern I'd have about the growth of men's involvement, men's teams involvement in the women's game. It's the only downside I see uh, from having them involved. It's, it's the odd push
1: out uh, when when they clash. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh,
0: we didn't also touch on the other game, which of course was the P match. Um, P Mount, they were tight enough against Bose. They've been fairly competitive this year. Those clashes. Um, payment managed to come through this time. Stephanie Roach penalty just before half the half hour mark. Um, hadn't seen a strike from her in a while, so she'll be happy to be back on the on the score sheet. Uh, back winning ways and payment as you said they're on form. Is it too little, too late though for the title push? I don't know Not if it is. I
1: yeah. I don't know if it is because the fact that if they beat Wexford. They'll go level on points with Wexford, but then again, they'll be, be, be hoping the Shells will drop points. Like the Shells steal our game after the mid-season break is being moved to to home farm due to, to the, the ball not being available because of a rugby game. So neither side will really play there. It could be a bit of a, a sticky one. And then plus Shells will still have to play Wexford in the last day of the season. I don't think it's it's necessarily out of there. I think more of a, more for Wexford, for Fratlow and. And Piedmont, I don't think they'll maybe win the league based off a straight ending of of the three games. They may have to win it in the playoff if they're going to be successful. But I think they're timing run nicely in terms of where they are. They've got the momentum on their side. From a ball's point of view, you'd have to be disappointed. That's two weeks in a row you've lost to a, a penalty is the, is the only thing that's that's been the difference between you winning and losing the game. They haven't They've beaten P once this season and drawn with them once this season. So for P I think it's 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 great that they've just managed to get that monkey off the back. because there's no doubt they'll be they've been frustrated with the results earlier in the season. And yeah, I just I do I, th- I think the air they are time run nicely, but if maybe it, it could be a little bit too far too far. But if they beat Wexford, it gives them a chance.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, of course we did uh, mention that we were going to hear from the two managers after that Shells game at the weekend. So uh, let's hear from maybe first we'll t- listen to what Noel King had to say to you after the game on Saturday afternoon, Aaron. Here's what Noel King had to say.
1: Lake goals have been have been something that have come you scored a couple this season. I think you'd just be happy as the three points and you walk out and talk about where it would have win.
3: Yeah, it was a strange game, you know. It was a we conceded the first goal which wasn't really a penalty I suppose, everyone is in agreement with that, but that's to state. So it gives them a boost, Cork, developing as a, as a team, really improving and it causes huge problems. Uh, but I thought the girls there, girls stood, stood with it, played well, kept going, kept going, got the goal back and then got the winner very, very late. But uh, the good thing about that was they didn't give the Cork too much time to come back at us, although they did try very hard in the last minute. to. to uh, in around the penalty area.
1: Kiefer made a, superp- a couple of superb saves of Yeah, outs-
3: Carney was great, she was really great, that's her debut really. I know she played it a game previously but uh, she came in, she done well and no complaints. But I thought the whole team had a, had a good spirit. There was never say die, I think people thought, myself included, it might have been gone and all of a sudden we get a goal, so who knows, maybe that's a normal.
1: In, t- in terms of the, the, the performance itself, for the fact that you'd scored later on, if you hadn't got the three points, you probably would have been thinking the league maybe just a little bit too far, and it still puts you right back in that battle.
3: Yeah, you know, if we lose another game, that's it, I'd say that's courting. But uh, we have to keep keep going, keep going, and hoping. Uh, but not hoping. We we played well, good resilience, good determination. Uh passing, which is normally one of our good things, uh, wasn't as good as we, we want. But we'll get after that and we'll, we'll try and put it over the next deal couple of
1: weeks break now between now and then how do you how do you change things will you be hoping to maybe have one or two players back jess gargan
3: still out jess is out rachel has a whole too many <laughs> out to be saying it but it doesn't matter i think we have another problem coming from today's match but that has to be verified uh a serious injury but look it is what it is we have a squad and you just seeing the squad today it was, it was used to its fullest and we've good players and we've had we have a chance so we must keep going as long as we have a chance
1: One loss against Shelburne, a late goal to concede, but from your point of view must be a lot of positives.
4: Oh, There's huge amounts of positives. As, as I said to the girls afterwards, like, I know they're so disappointed after the game, but for me it's like, we wouldn't have done that when I first come in. We wouldn't have stuck in a game when it was kind of back to the wall and we wouldn't have showed a bit of grit and determination to want to throw yourself in front of a ball on a block on a shot. No, I mean I'm never talking to Meg again. When we're on the A licence I won't ever be speaking to her anyway. Make sure well works, wrong But I mean, look. If you're going to lose a game, lose by a goal like that. I mean, it was a great strike. You know, lobbed the keeper from 25 yards, and you know that's what she can do. And you know, I feel we created some chances. We've just got to be more ruthless in the final third. In terms of
1: in terms of that goal, a bit. You feel a bit sorry for your goalkeeper because she's had a superb game up until.
4: That. Now, Abby's been brilliant. Like you know, like she's still a young girl and she's still learning. You know, and, I, and she's the one person who'd be more critical of her than anyone else. And I think she had a really, really good game. Kicking was good, distribution, coming out for crosses, made a couple of decent saves. And I think that I know she'll come back to me and tell me what she could have done better. So, you know, for me, I'm not fussed about the goal and the way we conceded it. You know, I'm more I'm more happy with the performance overall in terms of how hard it worked. And you know, I know we can be a bit better on the ball that probably wasn't our best game on the ball but you're not always going to play well and when you're not playing well can you be determined and stick in and make make it difficult for other teams and I felt we did that today.
1: Before you got the penalty you had another superb opportunity where you hit the crossbar you're probably thinking there's, there's not many days going to come about one that probably on another day you just would have put away.
4: Yeah oh, 100% you know look an inch lower and it goes in the goal and that's football isn't it, I suppose, that we, I mean we created another good chance like a minute to go with Christina Dream when she's 1v1 with a keeper and we, we scored that, it's 2-2 and you, you've got the result probably what you deserved out of the game, I think that, you know, for me the biggest thing I want teams to respect us, I want them to understand that like, you know, we're not an easy pushover anymore, you know, we're, we're here to win games and we're here to try and be as competitive as we can in the top end of the table. And I think that we earn respect from Shelbourne today, and that's the biggest thing for me to take away from it.
1: Do you think it's a, it's good the fact that you backed it up as well with the Galway result recently? It's it's not a case of maybe Cork putting one performance in the odd time here and there. It's it's more consistent
4: now. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's much more consistent, and you know, and I think if it wasn't, you go and play shells today and against Galway, it can be you're good one week and then you're poor next week. Whereas you're not always going to play perfect, but can you make it difficult for other teams? And I feel we've got that now. And I think we're no easy pushover anymore and I think we can start to really like, you know, push on with other things in terms of training and stuff like that and make us, you know, more organised in possession and be more effective with it.
1: Spoke to you earlier in the season. And you said, like, even you were talking, even with the club Fresh Garments, about things like fitness levels and stuff like that. But you can see how much now that you're able to do with the tactical stuff and the side of the, because they're there, what the, the, the off the field base is there now for you to allow you to, to push on. And does that give you excitement for the last couple of, couple of games of the season just to see what else you can get out
4: of Oh, 100%. Look, the guilt, the demands I'll probably put on them are probably really high and I'll probably drive them insane. But there's one thing I will do I'll do anything for them if they put in the work on the pitch. And they do it in training, they put in the work. And as a club, you know that's what we, you want, is you want them to work hard, give it everything they've got. And if they do that, we'll, we'll go out and we'll do whatever we can to make them successful. And, you know, the start of the season wasn't fit enough. We've not really worked on running, we've just stayed more organised out of possession so that we do less running in a game and we can be more effective when we have the ball.
1: In terms, of, in terms of the squad itself but it must be nice as well when you're seeing even under race players get recognition as well for the hard work that they've put in.
4: Yeah no look I mean ideally we'd love to have Heidi and Fiona here today but they're away with the 17s you know and they would have made a difference in the game I think they were a the subject probably could use and you know like look, Ellie, Ellie getting called up to the um, 19s and you know she got dropped from the squad then put back in it and you know and it's the same with Chloe like Chloe's been dropped from the squad with no communication no chat no talk to her what she needs to do better and it's like you know, I've got to pick that kid up when she comes into training and like for me she deserves to be in it and I just I, I, I just, if I really want to talk about it I'll probably say a lot of stuff that'll get me in trouble but you know I just think that the communication and how we deal with certain situations we've got to understand these girls are young you know like, and as I've said to them like, one week you might be in the team one week you're not but what I will do is I'll help I'll help you understand why, and help you improve as a player. Because, you know, for me, Eva Mangan's probably she's upset after the game because she gave the ball away in the middle of the pitch for the goal. I don't care. Uh, I really don't. just gave the ball away, but as I said to her afterwards, there'll be plenty of times in a season where you're going to save us. So don't worry about the mistake.
1: Is, is it fair to say one of the biggest characteristics you probably bring is the way you've been able to manage the players in terms of the man management and, and the confidence that you've been able to bring into
4: them? Yeah, I think we've changed a lot in terms of the club as well. You know, we've. We've, we've done a lot of things to try and implement a better structure um, the club are fully behind the girls and really pushing on with it and you know people will see that next year like we are one club it's not two separate clubs and I think like for me the one thing I've asked them is if you don't play just work for me if you work for me I'll do anything with, and so will the club and that that's probably the biggest thing we've done is to get them to work hard and be committed and you know give everything they've got on a match day if it's
0: not brilliant We don't care, as long as you give everything you've got. Thanks, Danny. No worries. Danny Murphy there, giving his thoughts on a whole range of topics. You really got him chatting half of the game on Saturday. He probably will end up in a little bit of bottom bother with the FAI. He'll get a word, at least, from somebody along the lines. Um, But does he have a point? Is he right? Uh, Is the communication from the FAI about squad selections and about players being involved, is it good enough?
1: Not always, not always. There's there's definitely room for improvement across across the board in terms of how it's done. We've seen it with players over, over the years that, you know, maybe they may not find out until the squad goes out and stuff like that. Thankfully, it's starting. It is starting to change. But I get his I get his frustrations, especially having lost the game as well. I think it'll be something that maybe he he probably picked up the phone himself since then and and has had that conversation to ask what does she need to do. I think but he he is right. I'd like to see players. If you've been in a squad previously, maybe the managers pick up the phone and say, Hey, listen, this is what you need to do. This is where we think you're just short. Like I have heard of a couple of cases of Vera doing it recently where she's picked up the phone and she spoke to people and said, this is where you're short. This is why you're not here. So maybe it was just a timing thing that it wasn't done on this occasion. And hopefully it's not something that, that will happen much, much going
0: forward. Absolutely. We might take a look at the league tables before we wrap up the show. Of course, no games this weekend, but we have spoken about uh, the situation at the top of the table. Three points separate the top four sides, Wexford, Shells, Pima and Athlone, And they all have in some way, shape or form... They all kind of have to play each other at home, probably with the best run in, but starting in fourth place of that little mini league over the next couple of weeks. Uh, some exciting games after the international break. But first of all, that game on uh, Monday, I think it's going to be Tuesday. Apologies, it's going to be Tuesday either in in Austria or in Scotland. You asked Julianne earlier who she'd like to play against or who she'd like to see Ireland feature against. She kind of sat on the fence. Uh, your thoughts? Who would you prefer to see Ireland get uh, next week?
1: It's, it's a tough one because they're two completely different types of teams. If you're going to play against Austria, you're going to get a team who are going to be extremely hard to break down. Probably Austria, there's no doubt about it, Austria is the more, more difficult game of the two, I, I think. I think if, if you are to get Scotland, the opportunity to play in Hamden Park as well. It'll be, be something else. I think realistically, no matter who they get, the biggest thing is it's probably going to take a performance that we haven't delivered in the group so far to, to get through. Like if you look at the Finland game and you look at the Slovakia game, the Slovakia game in particular, there was lots of areas of that that was quite poor, and you wouldn't get away with some of the mistakes that we got away with. Um, I think in terms of in terms of, I would prefer Scotland. I'm not going to lie, I prefer I prefer a trip to Glasgow to to Hamlin Park. But I think it will be I think it'll be Austria, and I think we'll be going to Vienna. It's played an hour outside of Vienna, so it's in a in a, in a quite a small enough stadium. So hopefully some irish no matter where it is will make the trip over and i think it's going to be it's going to be difficult definitely. there's no if buts or maybes about it you to make this stage you were probably looking at the draw and you're probably thinking lovely if i can get if i get if i get wales and wales and bosnia come out together you're probably thinking lovely if i get the, if i get that happy days and when you miss that one you're sort of thinking it's a it's a tough one the the other one you would have wanted to avoid is you would have wanted to avoid belgium we probably got one of the two harder Teams who have to play we in the in, in the first round. But it's it's hard to call. It's it's one that will hopefully no more injuries this week. We've already lost Jessu plus the, plus they plus Alan Malloy, Leanne kernan Megan Connolly, Rusha Little John. You just hope the rest of the week they get in they get injury free and give it a good rattle. And if we're good enough, we're good enough. If not, hopefully they'll improve and they'll they'll come back and go again because this has been a quite an enjoyable campaign, traveling and traveling and following the, and the girls in green, and I'd love for it to continue as much. But I think if we are to be successful, we we'll probably, we probably may go all the way the penalties of Ireland are to Ireland are to get any anything out of either against either Scotland or Austria.
0: Yeah. Well, the uh, time will tell. Of course, Tuesday night uh, when that will all be decided, we'll know if we're going to the World Cup. Well, we won't. We might know if we're going to the World Cup, but more than likely, even if we get through the uh, Tuesday night, we do face that double. Uh, that double round effectively in New Zealand, potentially early next year. So uh, it's all convoluted. We went through it on the previous show. It's back in the archive somewhere if you want to go look for it. We're not going to drag it all up again. Uh, But listen, it's been an absolute pleasure um, having our guests tonight, of course. um, Aaron, of course, as always, joining us here as well, and Julianne Russell from Galway. Women's FC Galway United. Which one do we credit her with? <laughs> for the moment, it's WFC, but only for the moment. Uh new exciting times ahead for everybody for in Galway, and I think as well for the league, as we see some of the bigger guns in the league of Ireland really stepping up when it comes to women's football. We've seen Galway, there's rumours Shamrock Rovers, and uh, they've obviously come out with that as well. We've seen moves in Drogheda, we've seen moves in the dock, we've seen moves in Cove as well at underage levels, and I think within the next three to four years, we could see most of the clubs in the league of Ireland with female representation which if you listen to the rugby show before this you would have heard the Sligo manager a Kiwi manager in Sligo talk about when he was growing up in in us in New Zealand and playing club rugby in New Zealand that the clubs that had women in the in the club and, and treated the women properly in the club were the stronger clubs for it. and i think the same is going to be true here of the league in Ireland Aaron thanks again for your company uh, enjoy the trip wherever it takes you Vienna or Hamden Park, it's going to be one uh, exciting game on Tuesday night. Hopefully, fingers crossed. We'll be back with you again. Uh, hopefully, Wednesday night, unless Aaron's caught on a flight somewhere. <laughs> You've got a bad record with return flights to Ireland. You like the uh, holidays on the insurance? <laughs> so we'll that,
1: give out, give out. My boss won't like that. <laughs> uh,
0: of course, tonight I must thank uh, Sean Comer, who was on production for, with us for the night. Aaron, as always, we'll be back with you again next week. Talk to you now.